Welcome to Fostering Solutions, a podcast that uplifts people and enterprises making positive impact in communities around the world. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Foster. Nakia Austin is my guest on this special episode of Maximizing with Michelle, where we're looking at uh, talking to nonprofit leaders who are making great impact in our community. So Nakia Austin, CEO of The Healing House. Who is Nakia? Tell the audience about yourself, Nakia. Sure. Thank you so much, Dr. Foster, for having me. Uh, I am a native of Cleveland, Ohio, but I think I've become a full-blood West Virginian. I've been here so long. Uh, I am the co-founder and CEO of The Healing House, which is a newer nonprofit. We're located on Charleston's West Side, and our mission is simple. We are dedicated to helping women impacted by trauma. Our goal is to help them heal and rebuild in every area. Awesome, awesome. So you are, you know, is was this your first nonprofit experience or... Um, Describe your journey to your current position. This was the furthest thing for my to-do list. (laughs) Um, This is my first side on this side of nonprofit. Many years ago when I was an undergraduate student at The Ohio State University, I had the privilege of working with amazing men and women at a small nonprofit in Columbus Mm -hmm. and... um, Certainly was not in leadership there, was just a work-study student, but it definitely gave me a glimpse of the hard work and how it pays off in our communities. And so travel down decades later, I was uh, presented with the opportunity to make great change, which I hope we're going to do, and that's how this got started. Okay, so when when did you get going with the Healing House? We actually started in the pandemic, which was great, but not. Um, we founded in 2020, mm-hmm. sent off for our um, our federal recognition as a 501c3 in March, and coincidentally, that is when that is when the entire world the shut world down, right? Shut down, yeah. <laughs> um, so we waited for quite some time. I think in November of 2020, we received our approval back, and it was just a very slow build from there. But we started out in 2020. So, like, what is your what is your vision? Is that what what prompted you to want to start the Healing House? Man, I think the Healing House is my heart personified. I um, have gone through a lot of not great things. I think everybody has their own trauma story. And in the worst moments of my life, I remember thinking, I wish I had this and I wish I had Mm -hmm. that. And Mm -hmm. um, I didn't see those things available around me. And that's not to say that they didn't exist, but I didn't have knowledge of them. And there were things that I felt like maybe if I would have had that, you know, my story would have progressed faster or I wouldn't have hit such a low point. Um, and so on a date night, one night I was complaining to my husband about all the things that I wish I had and Charleston doesn't have. And, you know, just on my soapbox and he looked at me and said, we'll start one. And so there we go. (laughs) Um, and we've been on the journey ever since, but it was definitely something that I felt like was needed, um, that I wanted to be able to offer to the women of the Valley. So how's it going? And now it's three years later. It is going. We good we, decision. <laughs> it is a good decision. Okay. Uh, today it's a good decision. <laughs> I think um, just like anything else that is brand new, there's certainly a great deal of growing pains. Um, I think coming into this, I had a lot of passion and a lot of zeal, um, and not a lot of education. And so I think that you know what you're doing is so 
invaluable because you are equipping next generation leaders with the knowledge that they need to go into um, the field and do the work. I wouldn't trade the journey for the world, Mm -hmm. but definitely wish there were some more things that I would have known before starting. But I can honestly say it's one of the most rewarding things I have ever done. Um, It has been a slow walk for us for sure, but uh, we just celebrated our official one year anniversary of providing services. Mm -hmm. And our goal was to impact 100 women in a year. And we have more than tripled that serving over 300 women. So it is. Congratulations. Thank you. It's been a wild ride, but I've enjoyed every bit of it. So what do you think is going to keep you in in this sector? (laughs) What do you think? Is it, it's still new. You've been providing services. You, you, filed for your 501c3 in 2020. You've been providing services, you said, for a year. So what do you think is going to really keep you doing the great work that you're doing? I think the experience that we provide. And when I say experience, I don't mean like um, our education levels or the letters behind our name. I mean, the experience that a woman has from the time she walks through that door until the time she graduates our program I feel like we are very intentional about providing individualized services and individualized experiences. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can all go through the same trauma, but experience it in a different way. And I think that is the thing that keeps our doors open is the experience that we provide. And it leads one woman to tell another woman Mm -hmm. who will then come and then tell another woman. And I think that's how we've experienced Um, The exponential growth that we have experienced is just because we're providing an experience that's tailored to each woman and they want to share that. Um, You said earlier, and I was at a conference this past weekend where Oprah, the Oprah also said, you know, life is better when you share what you have. And so us being able to share our message of hope and healing and rebuilding and to give that to another woman who will then in turn pay it forward and Mm -hmm. give it to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. So have you been thinking about maximizing impact? Have you been thinking about your impact? You know, Dr. Michelle, it's it's hard sometimes to to think about that in the midst of the Mm -hmm. day-to-day because we are so young and we are still building and we are still um, strategizing and and finding our footing in the industry. I think sometimes I'm more focused on where we are right now today Mm -hmm. um, and not always as much as the impact the organization will leave. But certainly we want to be an organization that will cause great impact in the Valley. And so we strive for that. And that is, you know, my heart's desire is that we will be um, a leader in the industry and we will continue to provide quality services for women for generations to come. But I think right now I'm, I'm just so focused on making sure that we are, you know, putting one foot in front of the other to, to make sure that all of our, our eyes are dotted and our T's are crossed to move mm-hmm. to those next levels. Good, good, good. So have you read my book, Maximizing Impact, Success Strategies for Dynamic Nonprofits? I have that book in my book bag. Awesome. I've been going through awesome. that book feverishly. So what what chapters resonated, chapter or chapters resonated with you and why? I think you had me at hello. In the very beginning when you talked about, um, you know, kind of that feeling of like, I don't want to say myth because that wasn't your wording, but just being on your job, a very um, prominent position as an engineer and, you know, and, and feeling kind of like, you know, I um, mean, just the encounters that you started to have on your job and how that almost pushed you to your purpose. I don't, again, I don't think that and this was not on my list of things to do. Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. um, not like it's so far off what I was doing before this, 
um, but just very in a very different capacity. Um, and sometimes just feeling like, Ooh, I don't know. And, but how you took that opportunity, um, that others would have been like, now, what are you doing, Michelle? Are you crazy? And, 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 <laughs> and, and my family did. <laughs> and did right? My family did say they thought I was crazy. Yeah. So, but yeah. you settled into that. And I mean, to look at you now is like, wow. And so for me, um, and much like your your kids are days, like it was something that had never been done. And I always find such sometimes such a hardship in that because I always feel like I have nobody that gets my point of reference. Mm-hmm. Um, but to see somebody does, somebody gets my point of reference. And not only do you get it, you like killed it. You nailed it. You did an amazing work there and you continue to do amazing work. And it for me, maybe it reads different than some of the other readers, but it was a source of hope for me in a place where I was just very uh, concerned and um, worried about how do I keep this going mm-hmm. and reading what you did really was just like a beacon of hope, like, but it can be done. It right? can be done. That's kind of why I felt led to write it down. It's like it can people to know it can be done. And if I could do it, this girl who was born in a whole nother continent and and I could come to a place like West Virginia and make an impact I felt everyone could and that's kind of why I wanted to to tell the story so um thanks that you hope yeah, I'm glad that you're getting something out you've gotten something out of the book oh yes ma'am and I know there are many more jewels to come but I mean that <laughs> it was like literally divine appointment the day that I received the book was just one of those days you know and I was just mm-hmm. like I don't have to do this. I can go home. I can, you know, and in my own self, you know, I wouldn't really do it. I don't guess, but I I opened your book and literally tears just fill my eyes. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. It was like a sign. Like you don't have to quit. It's doable. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So talk about the programs that you have at the healing house and which, you know, like which ones do you think are really, you know, making an impact or start, you know, starting to, to make, to take traction. Sure. So we are designed to have two sets of programming. Um, one is a community outpatient programming and the other is a residential transitional living program. Currently we are only operating in the outpatient capacity. Uh, I am feverishly writing grants and seeking funding so that we can get our transitional living off the ground. Um, but our community programming is called Elevate and it has been, receive far greater than I ever anticipated. Um, We provide wraparound services. The concept is very simple. On the worst day of your life, you don't want to go here, there, and everywhere. And so we bring everything to you. So we provide behavioral health and supportive services in one location. Mm -hmm. So women come to us. They can get everything from therapy to workforce readiness, post-secondary education, financial literacy. Love it. Like a one-stop shop. One-stop shop. Yes, ma'am. Wonderful. Wonderful. So they come in and we connect them to a case manager. They build out individual service plans. And we work with the women individually to walk them to their journey of rebuilding. And that looks different for everybody. But Mm -hmm. we take the time to make sure that they have a set plan. um, And we kind of go from there. And... That has been um, a great success. We also offer free support groups three days a week. 
um, just an outlet for women to come and share their stories, connect, gain strength and hope from other women and other stories that they hear. Um, the turnout for that has been phenomenal. To date, our highest attended group, I think, was 47 women. Um, and I know you've, you've not seen the Healing House, but it's just a house. I mean, so it's not really, like, large. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. we were bursting at the I'll have to come visit. Please do. Sure. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was just phenomenal to see that. And they were, even though it was not ideal, because we didn't know we were going to have that many women that day, um, but they they didn't care where they were sitting. They didn't care how hot it was in there. I mean, like, so that has has definitely shown that um, what we're doing is it's needed, and and people are are gleaning from it, and that's what's important to me. So, you know, I, I feel like we if we're not making waves yet, we're definitely making ripples. Mm-hmm. So. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um. So, what do you when you think about you've been you know you started the organization in 2020 and program a year ago, programming started a year ago. What do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started, when you were first filing those papers? What do you know now that you wished you knew back then as you were starting out? To just pick one. Um. Or, you know, you can pick as many as you, you can pick as many as you'd like. I want to be mindful of the time. So I was, oh, you are, we're doing good on time. Don't okay, worry about that. Okay. I think the biggest takeaway, the, the thing that I feel like I know now that I wish I would have known on that date night, um, is that it is a marathon. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> it, it is not a sprint. It's not a sprint. And I think not... Honestly, Dr. Mitchell, like, I didn't know anything. I just knew I had this really, what I thought was, like, this really cool idea. And I, I felt like it was really needed. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know anything. I mean, down to building boards and, and governance. And I, I just didn't know anything. So there's a, so many things that I could say I wish I would have known. But I think the thing that would have been most helpful to me um, to have a full understanding of is that it's, it's a marathon and not a sprint. Because mm-hmm. I wanted it to go from my head to existence and rocking very quickly. And, <laughs> and as you can hear from 2020 to just now doing starting programming in 2022, it, it did not go that way. And mm-hmm. I think that that was um, a pain point that was um, at times, if I'm being honest, it was discouraging, um, heartbreaking because it always felt like because I didn't know that or, or didn't lean into that, it always felt like I'm not doing enough or it, it's not, working or it's not coming together when in reality it was just not in my timing. And Mm -hmm. so I think kind of knowing that would have saved me some sleepless nights. Um, I'm sure it would have saved my family. I know they were sick of me, (laughs) (laughs) my attitude and my, so I think, um, you know, that would definitely be one thing that I would tell anybody who is looking to go on this journey is remembering that it's, um, it's not a marathon. I mean, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon and just really leaning into that, not just quoting it, not just, you know, saying that, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. really understanding it will take time to be the grand vision that, that you envisioned. Right, right, right. So when you think about the work, what are you most proud of? Gosh, there's so many things. Um, I think I'm most proud of. Oh, gosh. Um I'm most proud of the culture of the healing house. Um, sometimes when you can, when you get women together, 
got to cross your fingers and put your hands together and say a quick prayer. You never know sometimes what you'll get um, when you when you put women together. But I can honestly say that the culture of the Healing House has just been a beautiful thing. Um, we, we do have a, an all-female staff, and we only serve women. And so sometimes I'm kind of like peeking my head out, just make sure everybody's okay and you know still wow. alive. But it's been beautiful. I mean, um, a lot of times we get women to come to the house, and the first thing that they say is like, it feels so good in here. And I know for a lot of people that probably seems very trivial. Um, but to me, that was one of the things that I wanted. I wanted to go somewhere and feel at peace. I wanted right. after the worst moments of my life, I just mm-hmm. wanted to go somewhere mm-hmm. where it felt good. And so for us to have maintained um, a culture and a climate in which women from all over different ethnicities, races, income levels, mm-hmm. um, different trauma narratives can come in those doors and say like, man, I feel like I feel safe here. I feel like I can heal right. here. That that's, that's the thing I think I'm most proud of. Wonderful. So as you, you know, you, you tripled your, your, your targets in terms of number of people served. So what, what growth opportunities do you think still exist within the organization? It seems like you're hitting numbers. What other growth opportunities um, might there be? Sure. I think there's still quite a few things um, ahead of us that I'd like to see. Um, I think it's phenomenal that we were able to serve so many women um, in the the various avenues and capacities that we do. Um, I would like to see um, more... Uh, retention. So I'd like to see women stay in the program a little bit longer. We've had some women who've been with us for nearly a year, but you know, the vast majority, I'd like to see them maybe stay in a little bit longer. I think um, as a therapist, one of the things that I noticed myself is when people feel good, they mistake that for healing. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, if the sun shines, I might feel good, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that I'm healed. And so just kind of trying to get our participants to have a better understanding um, that your feelings are not necessarily the end all be all emotional gauge, right? Like they're indicators, but they aren't facts. And Mm -hmm. so you have to know that you know that you're healed for real before you step out of these doors back into the big bad world, you know, back into some situations Mm -hmm. that may have hurt you or around people that may have done that. And so I'd like to see us increase um, retention and even have some of our program participants uh, be more involved on the other side, like so serving as mentors, um, peer leaders. We'd love to see that. And of course, um, we know that there's a huge need um, for our foster children. So those who, uh, for us, for those who are transitioning out of foster care, we Mm -hmm. really, really want to get our residential programming off the ground um, to be able to provide a safe haven as well as um, an educational bridge for them to step over into adulthood by giving them the skills and tools they need to not only navigate their trauma, but to become successful adults in their general life skills. Mm -hmm. So that is definitely something that I'm working really hard to try to get that to manifest uh, within the next, hopefully year to 18 months that we will be able to get that program up and going because we, we know there's a huge need for it. Um, we get at least, anywhere from five to 10 requests a week for those services specifically. Um, and so it's always heartbreaking for me to say not yet. Um, mm-hmm. So just really looking to grow and expand in that area as well. So do you have any partnerships that like, like if someone calls for a service like that, like you mentioned, do you refer them elsewhere or like who, who are your partners in this work? So we do have a 
ton of amazing, amazing community partners. Uh, unfortunately, none of our community partners um, offer any type of transitional um, programming. Some of the programs that I've seen in the Valley are dedicated toward a um, specific population. Um, so, for example, uh, women in juvenile placement facilities or who have become custody of the state. And so some of those programs um, are geared towards that. So we're looking at almost displaced youth. So youth who are old enough to be adults but have a history that doesn't necessarily qualify them to be successful. Now that's not to say all of them, of course, but mm -hmm. a large number of them will struggle. Um, and so we haven't found anyone who is in that niche. Um, but we do have amazing community partners that help us. Um, everybody from the American job center, HRDF city national bank, Goodwill bridge Valley. I mean, there's so many, I, I don't want to leave anyone out, but we do have a ton of amazing community partners mm -hmm. that, that's the reason we're able to provide these services right. because they do, um, they have been gracious enough to come to us and serve our participants in our space. Um, but we just haven't found someone who is able to offer that specific need. But in terms of our elevate program and our outpatient services, our community partners have been rock stars and they mm -hmm. always show up every time we call. Awesome. So how many people are on your team at, at the healing house? We're right still now? Teeny tiny, we call ourselves the final five. Five? Okay. <laughs> so there are five of us. Um, and I am so glad that we are in the season that we are in. I don't want to want to jinx it, <laughs> but I feel like we've entered a, a really sweet spot. I have an amazing staff. Um, they are so dedicated. Um, I think it's hard work for them. So I think it's something that starts in their heart and they, they follow it with the education that's in their head. Um, they are all mm -hmm. brilliant women who are dedicated to the participants we serve. And so I'm, I'm beyond blessed to, to have them on my team. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, so what resources would you need to take your program to the next level, to take the healing house to the next level for myself and my staff or for our participants, all of the, above. all of the above. All mm -hmm. of We're <laughs> Cause put it out, you know. I believe in putting it out there. I'm you know, put you it just out don't know who's gonna, who's listening. I think there are so many things that we could benefit from um, being a younger nonprofit. One of the things that I look for the most, and I know it still exists. I think it's more rare, but just mentorship. Mm -hmm. um, someone willing to take me, uh, me and my staff, <laughs> under their wings, and just kind of say like, "Hey, there's a pitfall there. Don't go that way." Or you know, I wish I wouldn't have done this, tried doing this. Um, I, I pride myself on trying to be a teachable person. I never feel like there's going to be a time in this life where I have arrived. And so just to be able to um, sit at someone's feet, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, and get that wisdom to me is is huge. Um, mm -hmm. So mentorship, um, consulting, uh, people who can say, hey, you know, the best way to market this is this. Um, that's definitely one of our um biggest challenges it's not so much our, our quality of programming or the services that we offer so nobody knows about us getting the word out getting the word out Telling right exposure story, yeah yeah so um someone who can say hey you know if you do this it's, it's proven that that will increase your exposure you know 50 percent, whatever things that you know i just i don't know and would love to know so i think through consulting through mentorship of course funding opportunities mm -hmm. another huge barrier for us um, just has been that we are a young nonprofit. And mm -hmm. so we have been beyond blessed to get 
funding. We've gotten funding. Um, and it was definitely a slow walk, 500 grant, $500 grants to, you know, $5,000 grants. When you're looking at a six figure budget that can be slightly discouraging, um, mm-hmm. you know, but we keep plugging away and we keep getting awarded grants. But I think being able to figure out how to best leverage the funding that we do have to get other funding because a lot of what we ran into was oh you know we're looking for someone with a stronger or more extensive financial history right well unless somebody gives us yeah you gotta start somewhere it's kind of hard to prove that we will steward it well but i think that we have shown through our data um and uh, how we have stewarded the grants that we were given that we are very capable of of stewarding those uh funds well and we're an organization one of our core values is integrity um a very wise woman told me don't over promise and under deliver dr michelle foster (laughs) um and so i definitely took that to heart and so we've been very intentional with hey this is what we can do this is Mm -hmm. what we can't do and if you fund us this is what we will do and it's worked um but we we certainly to get to the level of where we need to be and to go back to what you said to get to that place where we can really make major impact it's the funding i think if somebody were to entrust us with a million dollars i do wonders in the valley um, <laughs> Speak it, 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 yes. you know it's, it's just the funding and i think that if we had more opportunities for funding or um, perhaps to be exposed to larger uh, funding sources that would definitely help us because then programs that we need like the transitional living program which you know once it goes will be a self-sustainable program we just need seed money and so I think once we you know get those things in place consulting mentorship uh, seed funding I, I think that that is a good recipe for us to do some great awesome, things awesome awesome so what, what advice would you give to someone? Because you 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 are already learning, right? You you've you've done some some you're making you're making strides. So if you were talking to someone who's thinking about starting a nonprofit program or or organization similar to yours, what advice would you have for them? Well, the old folk used to say, "Count up the cost." <laughs> Count the cost. Count it up. Um, mm-hmm. That's not to say that if I had to go back and think about everything and and do it over, that I would not do it. But I think that because I didn't realize it was a marathon, because I didn't know what all it entails, I think, you know, there were several moments where burnout was knocking at the door, where disappointment was knocking at the door. And I think going into it with a very clear understanding, this is going to cost you Mm -hmm. a lot. It's going to cost you a lot. And you're going to have to learn a lot learn better balance you're gonna have to learn you know um and I think if you go into it with that understanding I feel like it's not necessarily going to change your story but it will maybe help you to weather the storms of your story Mm -hmm. a lot better so definitely count it up you know make sure that this is what not only you want to do because the passion is there the desire is there we know you want to do it right make sure you want to commit to doing it right it's like a kid like i can't just absolutely walk out you know absolutely yeah so just making sure that you really understand what it is that you're getting in yourself into um judge maybelline you say look deep before you leap so just making sure that you understand that and when you take that leap that you commit to it um i understand that this is not solely about nakia um there are so many women who depend on the healing house each and every day and mm-hmm. you know I have to remember that it's not just about how I feel or what's going on with me. 
there are so many people connected to this vision. There's staff, there's participants. Yeah. So, you know, just knowing that when you take it on, it's it's no longer just about you. Mm -hmm. So be ready to make that type of commitment. Absolutely. So as you look to the future with everything that you're dealing with, with your growth and your growing pains, what gives you hope as you look to the future? God, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, at the risk of sounding very churchy, but I know That's that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so you're in good company. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I, you know, I, I was called for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I was created for the work that I do. And that is as my late father in love would say, the only reason, um, that I have confidence in this. It's not confidence in me. It's not confidence in the, the funders or any of that. And I appreciate everybody in their respective places. But I know that God called me to do this, to go on this journey. And I heard somebody say one time, if it's hard, it's because I'm not letting him do what he's supposed to be doing. And so me just leaning in and saying, you got it. <laughs> you got all of it. You know, um, really, as cliche as it sounds, letting go and letting God, um, I feel like is the thing that gives me the hope. Because when I look around, Everything doesn't always look um, Mm -hmm. hopeful. Everything doesn't always sound hopeful. But when I remember who gave me the vision, right? And they say he doesn't call the equipped. He equipped who he called. Um, You know, so, and and we say a a decree at church every Sunday, you know, that there will be provisions um, and, and resources. And, you know, and so I just lean into that every day. Like everything that we need will be provided. We started with nothing, like not one thing. And by the time we started getting stuff, it was stuff wrong with the stuff we were getting. Um, you know, we got the house, the house needed a roof. And I'm like, how are we going to get a roof? Dr. Michelle, will you believe we got a free roof? He provides. He provides, he provides, right? Where he and makes so, the give, where he gives the vision, he makes the provision. How amazing! He, he and does. those things, absolutely, right? Like my brother, uh, he's our pastor now, and he always says, you know, remind yourself that you have history with God. Like I've seen him do amazing things in my life before. This will be no different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the thing that gives me hope. It's amazing when doors open and you know the checks roll in and the staff is staffing and they're acting right and all those things. But I know that something greater, someone greater, mm-hmm. right, makes mm-hmm. all of that happen. And so that's what I look to as my source of hope for the future. And I believe if I keep on being obedient and doing it the way he wants it done, that's my problem. But if I do it the way he wants it done, <laughs> I really do believe that the healing house will be okay. You will be okay. Absolutely. Because I, I can certainly relate to, to really <laughs> walking with God, even though you don't even see the, the full staircase. Yes. But keep just continuing to climb regardless. So any parting words? As we wrap up the conversation. I am totally having like a fangirl moment. This has been (laughs) amazing. Um, I'm honored to have been brought to the table. I really appreciate you for doing that. You, you could have selected anyone to be in this, this seat tonight and you, you allowed me to grace your platform. And I really do appreciate that. Not only that, just all the things that you're doing to help um, up and coming leaders in the Valley. And so thank you on behalf of myself and everybody else. Thank you for all that you've done. Um, You know, you don't just sit in a position of power. You, you look back, you reach back, you get other people, you teach, you, you know, you pour into, and I, I can't thank you enough. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And keep up the great work. I'll be watching. (laughs) All righty. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) 